your personality will never come to the earth plane again, but your spirit may have a different idea. The reality is that's just, this is, this is like a, a grade. This is not um, the end all. You, you, you've done as much as you can this lifetime. That's terrific. But that means that you're ready to go on to another level. Next lifetime, you'll have other challenges that the spirit will need to grow through and open portals to the gifts that you carry within. So yeah, yeah, you don't have to come back, but, but your spirit will. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Our guest today is Barbara DeLong. The universe has a plan for all of us. Barbara DeLong is a seeker of the mysteries of spirituality, signs and symbols from spirit, angels and guardian angels, the lost city of Atlantis, cosmic forecasting and our unlimited transformation potential. She's a podcast host, ordained minister and author. Barbara DeLong, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And there's, I mean, there's, I have a whole list of things I'd love to discuss with you. Um, first, I'd like to start with signs and symbols. And you talk about synchronicities from spirit. Absolutely. Um Actually, I think that's one of the biggest things that I, I want people to think about, to, to pay attention to in their lives, because synchronicities and coincidences are not happenstance. They're, the spirit, they're your spirit trying to get a message through to you. And um, if you pay attention to them, the more you pay attention to them, uh, the more frequently they occur and, and the more intense they become. Um, I've been doing this for a very, very long time. So um, I catch almost all of them. And it's really, it, it's a joy to say, oops, what am I supposed to learn from this? Instead of, isn't that cool? That happened, what a coincidence. So um, it's, it's, I tell people to journal them down because the, the more often you journal them down, it's almost as though you are anchoring them into your reality. So spirit recognizes the fact that you're catching them and will continue to send them more frequently. If you're just saying, isn't that cool? It's a coincidence and move on. Um, your spirit doesn't really have any ideas to whether you actually are paying attention or not. And you know, our consciousness, our physical consciousness and awareness is very different from the spirit that we carry within. So the spirit that we carry within has to work through our ego and our personality and all sorts of other little barriers in order to get messages through to us in, in our physical sense. So catching those coincidences, writing them down, anchors that link between you and spirit. So spirit more easily is able to get messages through to you as to your direction and maybe possibly sometimes, sometimes even warnings. So but more likely messages. So for those of the audience or perhaps even me, if we have questions and say, well, I'm not receiving any guidance and I need to make a big decision, what, what's your advice of how, how to work through this or how to ask the questions to receive signs, symbols or synchronicities? You can ask yourself for a message through a dream state when you go to sleep. And 
quite often your dream will give you an indication or, or you can take some time out of your day and meditate because meditation is the clearest link you have to the spirit you carry within. I've interviewed, I want to say thousands, but I'll say hundreds for sure of people and, and in all walks of life, but all of them in a spiritual pathway. And every single one of them has said, meditate, whether it's only 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, meditation will clear you and balance you and open that portal between you and the spirit you carry within. And when you get messages, it's not going to be a yes or a no. It's going to give you an indication of a direction that you might take because this we have free will. We came into this lifetime with free will. The spirit really knows where we're supposed to be going, but it, it can't really determine it for you. It can't give you a declaration of, no, you idiot, go the other direction. It basically is going to give you nudges. And if you pick up on the nudges and follow those nudges, you cannot go wrong. I'd also like, thank you, thank you, Barbara. I'd also like to discuss with you the angels and guardian angels. Who are they, what are they, and how, how can they assist us on our life path? I have a very strong opinion on angels and guardian angels. And it, it, it is different from most people's. I believe that when the spirit enters the body before birth and it brings with it, it its spiritual DNA that's interwoven with our physical DNA, that, that we have all the information that we need. And quite often we are insecure about making choices and decisions and are hopeful that there is somebody else out there kind of nudging us in the right direction. So if you aren't listening to your spirit, quite often your spirit will send a holographic projection that will appear to be a guide or a guardian angel. And because you are more secure in accepting advice from external sources, you'll pay attention to that holograph where you won't pay attention to something that the spirit will send you, you know, in and of itself to you in, as a coincidence or a feeling or, or something like that. Many people really do believe that, that there are spirits out there that, that you know, um, are attached to us. And my in my philosophy, those are holograms from the spirit we carry within. Other people believe they are actually spirits externally that are around doing good deeds for people. Any way you look at it, we do get guidance. And it, it doesn't matter whether it's from yourself or from what you expect as a guardian angel or a guide. The, getting that, that advice is the important thing for you. The most important thing, though, to realize is that, that you are here in control of this lifetime as a spirit that you carry within the avatar that is your, your physical body. And... Many people forget that, that we are not our physical body. We are the spirit that is carried within. And that spirit links you directly to the source of all creation. What better source to go to for advice? And, and as you said, we forget. We get, get so focused on our humanness, our physical form and suffering. My gosh. Mm -hmm. Conflict and contrast that we all experience. It's hard to detach from that physicality. 
And remember, we are in essence a, a spiritual being having a physical experience. And we're eternal. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I said to somebody once, you know, if you screw up royally this lifetime, your spirit will come back. And, you know, if there is karma that has to be paid back, it'll get paid back. But um, it, it's very easy to forget, you know, when you stub your toe, when you when you cut yourself, when you're disappointed in, in a relationship or something, it feels like, you know, the world is coming to an end quite often. And this, this particular lifetime may, but, but your spirit is going to evolve and grow and come back time after time after time after time. And it's an adventure. It's not monotonous. It, it doesn't get boring. There are always things to work on. There are always challenges that are put before us that we have to work through and get over and, and, and grow through. So that, you know, when I find challenges now, it's like, oh my goodness, I must have grown. There must be a new level for me to go to. Isn't that exciting? And damn, you know, I, I should have gone slower because I, I didn't really want to have another challenge quite so soon. But, but it happens. And if you look upon it as an exciting adventure, it makes a lot of things a lot easier. Mm. Many, I have many clients that say to me, I never want to come back. I don't want to reincarnate on this earth plane again. What's your advice? Oh, you know, I, I got that a lot um, many years ago. And, and I, I usually tried to argue it. And I finally realized that, that, that I say to them, you know, you're absolutely right. Your personality will never come to the earth plane again but your spirit may have a different idea. So that, you know, the personality, yeah, I know you've taken every class you have. You have a notebook full of certificates that tell you how much you've learned and how evolved you are. And, and, and maybe you are, but the reality is that's just, this is, this is like a, a grade. This is not, um, the end all you, you, you've done as much as you can this lifetime, that's terrific, but that means that you're ready to go on to another level. Next lifetime, you'll have other challenges that the spirit will need to grow through and open portals to the gifts that you carry within. So yeah, yeah, you don't have to come back, but but your spirit will. So is there an end point to the human incarnation on earth? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, we will incarnate, um, in my philosophy, uh, the source of all creation sent out seeds of itself, scattered them throughout the universe, and those are our spirits. Our spirits have chosen to incarnate on different planets, on different in different dimensions, in different forms, to grow, to evolve, to, to expand, and to eventually throughout time. And, and here's the thing, it could be millennia, but at some point in time, our spirit will grow to a point where it will break through into a dimension where there is nothing to become the source of all creation for that dimension. So we're not returning to our source, we're growing to the point that we become a source. 
it's it's I get it I understand it but it's very complicated so in, in as we're talking now Barbara and Louisa we're having multiple incarnations on galaxies and planets and lives not at the same time at, at least at I don't time. think it's the same time I I think that we we have a choice when we pass pass over to the other dimension and to the ether we have the choice to decide where we want to go next and 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 wherever that place is we we will wait for an avatar to be created for us to enter into in that particular place so that you know you could be an orange blob or you could i, I don't think i don't think there are orange blobs out <laughs> there but uh <clears throat> for the most part i believe that that um we're in human form mm -hmm. um thank you I mean, I felt this with my mother personally when she transitioned. What's your thoughts on people choose the time and point of death? Um, and, yeah, I've seen it too with my late husband. I know that I sat with him in hospice and all I could think of is, I just don't want to see you go. Mm. I, I I can't do that. And I was saying that to myself and he was, he was very close to passing and I heard a voice and it was, um, it wasn't his voice, but it was a male voice. And, and the voice said, go home now. And I got up and I went to the nurse's station and said, I'll be back. I have to go home and feed the animals and I'll be right back. And when I got home, there was a phone call from the nurse that said he had just passed over. I think, I don't know if it's choosing the time exactly as much as feeling when it's appropriate to pass over. And I do believe they do. They, there is a point in time where spirit knows it's time to just to exit and, and move into the ether. Um, I, I don't think it's anything that they write down any place and say, you know, you know, I want to go at 1153, but I think that there's a certain amount of kindness to the people that are around them, that they have that option to, to choose the moment to leave when it is the least stressful for those that are there. And what would be, I mean, many people that watch this show, have, well, everyone has lost loved ones or are grieving. What's your advice to those of the audience that are suffering through grief or loss of a loved one? Well, grief is uh, is a very personal thing. And I think it's inappropriate to say to anybody, well, you've been grieving long enough, now get on with your life. Um, I think grief is something that we, we go through on a very personal level. And, you know, there are many people that, that uh, especially elderly couples, that, that actually uh, pass very close to one another because they just feel... The connection so so greatly um it's it's something everyone works through on a personal level and, and there are many ways to get through it there are grief groups there are ways of of you know making sure you keep yourself busy and and remember that you have a personal life and a personal destiny as well but when you've lost somebody that you that you love when you've lost somebody that has been a part of your life when you've lost a part of yourself literally it takes a long time. And I don't think you ever really get over it. I think there's, um, I know my husband passed 10 years ago and there are moments when 
it's like it was yesterday. So it's, and you don't forget. And, and I think sometimes people worry, I'll forget them. And that's, that's impossible. When you've had love in your life or trauma, it doesn't go away. You deal with it and you move on. But that memory is still there. I, I think to be gentle with yourself and to not feel that you have to um, do things according to other people's agendas understand that this is personal for you and your soul, your spirit will, will move you forward when it's your time and, and not a minute before. So um, tell them to buzzer, bugger off. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my sister lost her husband three years ago and she still grieves. And she asked me, you know, well, when is this grieving over? And I said, you know, I give you the same answer that Michelangelo gave the Pope when he was, you know, painting the Sistine Chapel. It'll be over when it's over. Yeah, great advice. Um, I've I've read some of your blogs and it's incredible. Um, you you speak about we're magnets and we have the ability or unlimited potential to change our lives. We do. How, well, what are your tools and tips? And I'm going to pass this on to you. This is your show today. What 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 would you like to say about that? Well, it's true. Um, and, and we create our reality by our perspective of it. And it's, it's, we are in total control, literally. And um, I'll, I'll hit, hit the, the obvious one, and that's relationships. When, when you have people who are looking for the perfect relationship, and they don't like the people that are coming into their life. The reality is that you've drawn them to you because they are you. And if you don't care for aspects of them, look to yourself to see where that aspect is within yourself and change it. Because we do, we attract our, to ourselves. Uh, it, we, they become a reflection of who we are in many ways. Um, and, and it's, it's really amazing. You, you, but the thing is, you can't pretend. The, the, the one place you just can't fudge it is with the universe. And, you know, I've tried and I've tried and I've made all the changes and nothing's happening. Well, nothing's happening because that's what you're perceiving, among other things. If you go out there with the attitude that, that you know, I am the person that I want to attract to me and I'm looking for I, I don't know, generous, kind, sense of humor, um, whatever the things it is that you're looking for, if you become those things, that's what you attract to yourself. And, and anybody, if you sit back and you take a look at what you're surrounding yourself with, you'll recognize there are aspects in all of those people that, that have some part of you in them. And if you change that part in you, they drift away. But it has to be a genuine shifting and changing of your own self rather than trying to change other people. We can't change other people. We have, much as I'd like to, I would love to change a lot of people I know. But that's just not in, you know, it doesn't work that way. But And, and the other thing is, the more joyful you are, the more joy you attract to yourself. And, and I've been called a Pollyanna a lot, and I'm actually really proud of it because, <laughs> because if you can see something positive in any situation, then you get through it a lot faster. 
and and it's hard sometimes it's very hard and i'm not saying it happens overnight but i am saying if you are constantly looking for joy you will constantly find it if you're constantly saying oh i just attract jerks that's exactly who you're going to attract so in order to change your life change yourself absolutely it's it's tough it's yes i agree um, something that just came to me, what's your advice for people that are feeling lonely? Um, that's, that's something to really explore within yourself for sure. And oftentimes people isolate themselves on purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are people that, that, that enjoy being lonely. I, I don't, know many but I, I know that there are people that just don't want to put the effort out there because they're afraid of rejection so they reject themselves before anybody else can and, and quite often if somebody is really stuck in loneliness um, I, I would certainly advise getting some help from a counselor because and I would I would also suggest um finding a, a place where you can spiritually be comfortable, whether it is a non-denominational church, whether it's a formal uh, church. Um, I, I think that, that churches are a wonderful place to meet people. Um, I, I once told a friend of mine who wanted a healthy, handsome, dedicated, loyal man, and I said, go to, go to a born-again church get a free Bible and and sincerely go into the program and I promise you you'll find someone. But but you know it, it and it's like if if that's not appropriate for someone, there are meditation groups. There are lots of places to find groups of people who are spiritually oriented. And if you're lonely, being with spiritual people is the best place to go. Thank thank you, Barbara. You speak about the power of affirmations. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing some powerful affirmations for the audience that they may use in their life, whatever the circumstances may be? Well, I think um, the most powerful things that I, I have used in my life is thanking the universe for providing me with whatever it is that I'm looking for. You know, thank you, universe, for providing me with enough money to get through the day. Thank you. Thank the universe for... Um, resolving problem. I thank the universe all the time. And and I do it um you know for 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 very simple things and for very large things too. Certainly um with the situation in the world, I'm I, I thank the universe for straightening us all out so that we have peace and prosperity for everyone. I'm gonna have to work a lot on that one, I'm afraid. But but the more you're thanking rather than asking, um it's it's thank Thank the universe because it's already happened. If you're, if you are thanking because something has already happened, the universe um, will 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 make it happen. It's sort of like the universe as a whole doesn't know the difference between reality and a, and um, a thank. You know, it's, it's sort of like if you thank the universe for something happening and it hasn't actually happened, in in some way you attract it to happen for you. And it, and it, you know it it does. I will warn you that it doesn't happen overnight. It's something that you do consistently, 
And if you're doing it consistently, the universe takes a hand and makes it happen. Um, I know that sounds so simple, but it, but it is it is that simple. Yeah. And and again, the element of meditation comes in here too. If you can calm yourself, if you can quiet yourself, if you can listen, um, meditation is listening. Prayer is talking. And and I think both of them. I advocate both of them. But if you're really looking for answers from from spirit and from the universe, you have to listen. And we often we often forget to listen. We want things. In, we live live in a world where we want things instantly. Um, we've spoken about manifestation or creating things and and positivity. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? We've all suffered trauma, conflict, however great or small that may be. How can we let go of past hurts, past conditioning, past expectations and not take them into our future expectations? Good question. Um, Your spirit inside of you has an agenda. And it isn't necessarily the agenda that you might have for yourself. And quite often, traumas are, are, are presented to us to open us up and allow us to understand greater dimensions that we carry within. Traumas uh, are, are stepping stones. They're big stepping stones. And to understand that the traumas happen to people in order for them to grow beyond them. They open portals for us to move into other dimensions of understanding and awareness, not consciousness, but awareness um, of our own of our own potential as a person and as a spirit. So working through the traumas, understanding what they presented to you as far as what you know about yourself. And embracing that allows you to let go of the hurt, gather the lesson, and move forward. It's hard. I'm just going to give an example. You spoke before about love. I might have never attracted the right guy. I'm unsuccessful in relationships. How, How to move on from that and not have those expectations and things not working out? Oh, that's a really easy question to answer. Take a look at yourself and see what you've done with your life. See what you've accomplished with your life and realize that you may have a destiny and a purpose in your life that having a relationship that was everybody's dream would in many ways deter you from achieving what it is you're here to achieve. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have friendships. It doesn't mean you can't have relationships. But but it feels to me as though you have a purpose and you're being dragged, kicking and screaming, but you're being dragged towards achieving that purpose. And if you if you enjoy the ride and then allow yourself the freedom to every now and then to schedule a time where you can relax because it feels like you are constantly filling your time and not leaving yourself time to really welcome a relationship into your life. Oh, you make it sound so simple. Thank you, Barbara. I'm digressing here. 
You've spoken about the lost city of Atlantis. Yes. (laughs) I would love to hear about that. (laughs) I've had the good fortune to speak to a lot of people who have philosophies and theories on Atlantis. And the more I read, the more I study, the more I talk to all of these experts on the field, um, the, the more it becomes very clear that Atlantis is quite possibly a story of a civilization that happened pre-Diluvian, you know, going back maybe 40, 50, 60, 100,000 years. Um, there have been a lot of civilizations and cultures that, that have been destroyed over and over and over again. Um, I, I recently have, have, have um, been, been working with some material on, on not only Atlantis, but Lemuria and Mu. And while they may have, I, I don't believe they were advanced civilizations as much as lost civilizations that appeared as the um, as the the sea levels rose and sank because of um, my goodness the the ice ages and things like that. Quite quite frequently, the levels r- rose four hundred feet and then sank four hundred feet. So that I believe there were cultures and civilizations that that did occur on on those those areas that um, that have have fallen beneath the sea at this moment in time. Was did Poseidon really have the? And I don't think the god created it. I think there were civilizations that were destroyed by by water rising, and they become the myths and. Those, those stories, those myths are passed generation to generation to generation. And was there an Atlantis? Probably not. I don't believe there was a, a Mu or a Lemuria either. But, but there were civilizations that were destroyed by waters rising and floods and tsunamis. And cultures have told those stories generation after generation after generation has been passed, you know, generations um, for, for gen- hundreds of generations so that the myth is is really a representation of a reality that happened 100,000 years ago. And in order to remember it, a myth was was um, created for it. And you, you it, it's like the great flood. You find that in, in, all different um, cultures in all different societies throughout time, in summer, in the Bible, in Babylonia. I mean, they all have a flood story and there were floods that happened, but depending on, you know, what source you want to go to, either God was angry and flooded the world to get rid of giants or, um, or, or, one of the one of the Norse gods flooded everything, and and it, you can go way 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 back. Even the Native Americans have stories of great floods, so they're they're woven into a story to be able to be preserved by time, told generation to generation to generation to generation. I I don't believe there was the kind of Atlantis that everybody would like to think there was, but I think there was a culture. That that no a civilization that no longer exists that probably developed a lot further than than uh, what we currently 
give ourselves credit for. So interesting. Um, thank you, Barbara. I want to move on to cosmic forecasting and the incredible <laughs> and well, like this is two elements that the the cosmic deck of initiation that you've created that is life changing. It is. That's two elements, cosmic forecasting, but wherever you would like to start <clears throat> first. The Cosmic Deck of Initiation was created 33 years ago. And uh, they're hand-painted mandalas, and I painted them. And I'm not an artist, but I painted them. And um, when I created them, uh, I I did it because I, I felt I, I had already been doing readings and things like that. And I just felt there needed to be a tool that was not um, the traditional tarot because um, and it's just my opinion. I felt the only the only cards that were out there was the Rider Waite and the Aquarian deck. Um, today, there are 40 million decks, but at the time there were only the two. And I felt strongly that they, for me, and it's just me personally, I felt they had negative connotations and that they were inappropriate to, to use because people saw a death card and they were, you know, you lost them right away. I'm going to die. I might as well leave now. Um, so I, I, I felt strongly that there was a need for a spiritual development card deck. So I decided I would make my own. You know, it was very cavalier of me. I said, I'll just make my own deck. Um, and because it was my own deck, I, I said, I won't do any of the traditional stuff. I will make it a personal development deck where the first grouping has to do with your physicality, your chakras. Your, there, there was a, there's a section that is... Um, cosmic laws and there's a, a spiritual enlightenment area and there are some wild cards and there's the um what, what am i leaving out um the astrological signs and there were mandalas for all of these there are 52 cards in it and um i did it because first of all they're pretty and second of all they won't scare anybody and third of all, children can play with them and not be, you know, totally, you know, warped. And so when, when I created the deck, um, U.S. Games bought it and published it. And I said to them, it's ahead of its time. It's, you know, it's going to be a sleeper. And he said, no, no. And he, and he published it and he published it for 20 years. And he finally stopped publishing it. And I thought, geez, you know, it's it's almost time when it would be, now would be a good time, but I, you know, can't afford to publish it. And um, the U.S. Games said they would publish it for me, and I just had to buy 3,000 decks at $6 a deck, which, you know, first of all, what do you do with that many decks of cards? And second of all, where do you find that kind of money? And I had um, somebody on my show who happened to be a publisher and I was talking to him and he said, well, I'll publish it for you for free. So it got published again last, well, last year now, almost a year ago. 
And um, <clears throat> it's he asked me where was the handbook for it, and you know, there was a handbook with there is a handbook with the deck, but I said that there should be a handbook with it, and he said, "Where's the handbook?" And I said, "Well, I kind of didn't write it yet," and he, he said, "Well, you have to write it, Barb." So, and I thought this was going to be easy, and as I started to write the different interpretations, um, it got more and more and more in depth to the point that that I, I gave him a four hundred page book, and. Um, I was so surprised at some of the material that came out in in the book that that um, I hadn't figured of um, putting in. Um, there's 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 all sorts of extra stuff in there all over the place, and so the handbook got published along with the deck, and um, it it really is a spiritual development book and deck of cards masquerading as a deck of cards. So um, I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy with it. And um, it's, you know, I, I have no idea how it's doing. I just know that I turned it loose and it will find where it's supposed to be. Oh, well, a big congratulations, Barbara. <laughs> um, cosmic forecasting. Yes. What's What's happening for 2024. Um, <laughs> well, um, the actual, actually, the uh, the 2024 um, forecast is on the website. If people are curious, they can go to barbaradelong.com and go to the uh, cosmic forecasts. Um, it 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 feels a little dire, to be honest with you. I I think that. Um, the one thing that surprised me uh, that, that came out for for the 2024 uh, forecast um, is that King Charles is going to be the last monarch uh, of Great Britain. It appears that when he passes, and I don't see him passing, you know, but but when he when his time comes, um, the the British will will say that that's it for monarchy and and. Um, they will become private citizens. They'll maintain their titles, um, as all aristocracy does, but they will not be supported by the British uh, government any longer. So that that was one thing that surprised me. Um, the Ring of Fire is going to is going to certainly um, be reignited. That's in the Pacific. Uh, we're going to see volcanoes going off in, in places where we never expected them to before. Uh, borders are going to be changing for countries as well as states, which I found fascinating. Um, it looks as though the um, the border issues that we have here in the states are going to um, are going to create the need for uh, better borders and dead zones, so that so that there will be zones where. Um, nobody is so that people will be able to pick up people who are trying to invade because what we have here in the States now is an invasion. Um, and especially um, over in, in Europe, um, it feels like that the borders are definitely going to be changing. Uh, I, we're going to find um, military buildup in every country. 
which frightens me, but you know, the only need for a, an army is the fact that you're getting ready to go to war. Um, it's, we're going to find that uh, Japan very well may have um, major issues with tsunamis and flooding because it feels like Japan is um, most, most islands have a rather large foundation that goes down, you know, this way. Japan's foundation goes this way so that um, it could, it, it, the stability could be lost with a really good earthquake. And, and it looks like that could happen. It does feel that it's going to be very unstable. I believe Taiwan is going to be taken back into China. Um, it was theirs to start with, uh, but it's going to be an unstable year. It really is. Um, and, and yet in order for, um, I do believe in the U.S. also, um, there's going to be a, a lot of, um, the government is going to be crumbling in many places. Many aspects of it are going to have to be rebuilt and that's going to happen. But in order for something new and better to be brought in, something old has to be destroyed first. Gosh, That's just I'm, a... I'm just taking that all in. Just with the US, you spoke about dead zones and invasion and I, the word war. What do you mind just, ex, ex, since most of the audience is US-based, what what do you mean by that? Um, I, I believe that the, the populace in the US has become very unsettled and confused. And as, as, as truth is coming out uh, on all levels, as far as uh, corruption and conspiracy, I mean, it, it's, it's becoming more and more clear that the populace has been lied to, has been cheated. And the more that comes out, the more people become angry and dissatisfied and not trusting. Um, the last time I voted, I went to vote and I was given a blank white card and I was told to put it into the computer and make my choices and punch them and then take the card out and then put it into another machine for it to be counted. When I took the card out, it was totally blank. There was nothing on it. And when I went to put it into the other machine, I said, you know, nothing's on here. And he said, oh, it's there. You just can't see it. And I said, it's not there. There's nothing on the card. And he said, oh, trust me, it's there. And I put it in the machine and I walked away. And I, I said to the lady next to me, I didn't vote. And I don't believe I did. And yet we are so programmed to trust and to whatever. They're finding um, ballots from the last election that have been hidden away that were never counted as well. So you get to the point where you can't trust that. Um, our police forces, um, it isn't you can't trust them. They're just not that many there. We have, we have the, the, the crime here is, is horrendous. And when you have this kind of thing happening over and over and over in, in shootings um and then nothing is done people are just released eventually the populace will rebel 
And I think that, that that's what we're going to see. We're going to see rebellions. And, and we are already seeing people deciding to retire from government before, before you know, it's rats leave, leaving a sinking ship. We're already seeing that. And, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be negative. I mean, there, there have been a couple of years that I just didn't do the forecasts. And I felt that now is the time I, I do a yearly one and then I do a monthly one as well. So the yearly one is, is on the website um, already. And the monthly one, well, and December's up and the yearly one for 24 is up. And by the end of the month, the January one will be up. It's a big one. I will leave a link below in the show notes as well for people to head on over to your website. Well, if they put um, if they if they put their name onto the mailing list, they'll get notified when when things go up. Which is, you know, I'm trying to be a lot more um, sensitive to the fact that that people, you know, you know, I've done this for a very 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 long time. And there have been times when I wondered, you know, is there any point to this? You know, mm. and when I stopped it, I got so many people saying, "What are you doing? You know, where's the, where's the forecast?" And and they've been pretty accurate up to this point in time. So, um, very yeah. interesting. We'll have to have you back on the show. I've got one more question for you, and sure. this is a big one, but on a final note, and I know you've written a book on it: UFOs. Ah, yes. (laughs) Um, I have. Uh, My late husband was Patrick Cook, and he was a forerunner in the UFO stuff. He wrote the Bible UFO Connection, and and he had a huge website. When he passed away, I couldn't keep my website and his website going. And so I made sure that everything from his website that, that were in his books um, and on, on his website that I didn't have to replicate them. And there were two sections that were not in any of his books. One was his UFO material and the other was his giant material. And all of them are, are on my website. I got contacted by um, my publisher who noticed the, the material that I had on, on UFOs on, on the website. And the material went back to sightings that went back to 27,000 BC, which is, you know, no newspapers then, but, you know, certainly, you know, carvings in caves and stuff like that. And he wanted, he was going to write a book on uh, UFOs before Roswell, and he asked if he could use the material, some of the material. And I said, you know, oh, go for it. And then he said, would you like to write the book with me? And I thought, well, most of it's already written. This should be a piece of cake. And uh, and so um, he divided a lot of it into sections. And we each, we each wrote a little bit about each section. And we published before Roswell. And the book, um, I, I, I've read through it a lot of times now and I have to admit I didn't pay a lot of attention to it when it was on my website and the website has even more than in in the book and it's, it's you know it's on the website um but the book is is fascinating in that it is um articles that that of UFO sightings that would go from Roswell in 1947 all the way back in time 
and I mean all the way back. And and um, it's fascinating to see how before Roswell, the reportings of UFOs were were very casual, and you know they were very. I don't know, they were kind of fun, you know, a farmer's plowing his field and he sees something in the air and after he's done plowing, he puts the plow away and goes and has a beer and says, oh, by the way, there was this thing in the sky. No fear, no no, um, no horrible uh, experiences of terror or anything like that. After Roswell, there started to be, um, the government started to stop, to, to keep, information back from us the government started to lie to us the and and at this point in time theoretically there is already a secret space program and yet we have a space program connected with our armed services now if there's a secret space program why did we bother i mean there's just so much so much is being kept from us that we become fearful and and it's it's really a terrible thing to do to a population. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe I, I do believe that, that there are aliens here on the planet as we speak. Um, I also believe that that the aliens probably were here before we were. So in essence, we're the invaders, we're the aliens, not the ones that we're seeing in the sky. And the things that we see in the sky are mostly probably drones. I mean, I mean, they they may be alien drones, but they're not spaceships. They're as much as they're drones that are kind of checking on us. <clears throat> and if you if you look at um, the Rendlesham Forest um, incidents where the drone um, uh, came down in Rendlesham Forest, and and one of the um, men from the local um, there, there was a, there was a uh, military base there, touched it, and he was downloaded with binary code. And the binary code, when translated, said something to the effect of the the the, the project of human development is worth is ongoing, you know. And the the origin of the the drone that, that landed was eighty one hundred which means that it was a time-traveling drone. So it, it just seems to me that, that we are being kept in the dark on, in so many ways, in so many areas, that sooner or later there will be an uprising and material will have to be released, hopefully. And one of the other things with uh, the cosmic forecast was that, that both the moon and Mars may well um, have have bases on them only to discover that there have already been bases there. Human bases? Yep. Already? Yep. And we don't know about it? Yep. Oh, my gosh, so interesting. So when you said that extraterrestrial aliens, whatever name we want to call them, are already here, are they in the what we would call in the guise of a human form? I think they are in human form. Um, so many, <clears throat> so many depictions of extraterrestrials show them in human form with with helmets on and stuff like that. Whether you're looking at um, 
you know, the, the South American Palenque uh, guy in, in the tomb cover. Um, can't remember the, the king's name, but but he's he's obviously in a space ship, whatever. Or if you're looking at um, a lot of the uh, other depictions that whether they're whether they're on on cave walls or whether they're uh you know just i mean look at um some of da vinci's da vinci's where yeah had um spacemen in it i mean you know they've been around for a long time and they all look human so i have no reason to believe they're not and i know the um anastasi and some of the other native americans um talked about the ant people protecting them from um the floods and stuff like that. And people have drawn all sorts of horrible caricatures of what these ant people look like. And the reality is they lived underground. So they were called ant people. It means they lived underground, not that they resembled ants. And, and you know, so often people try to throw fear in into things where fear doesn't belong. I I believe that there are extraterrestrials out there on other planets that are in human form they may be slightly different you know they could be coloring could be different a lot of things could be different but i think they're recognizable they aren't something that that will be fearful for us and i do believe that that um that they're already here Mm. and in some way we're being watched um I think I I think I, I my feeling is that they are trying to blend in with us. I don't believe that, that we're being watched to be taken over or anything like that. I do believe that that hopefully, if they have come through space or dimension to be a part of our society, that that they're here to hopefully help us before we destroy ourselves. And, you know, that could easily happen. I, I think that, that I, I am sure that there is a non-intervention code of sorts, kind of like in Star Trek, you know, you can't, can't interfere with, a, 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 you know, a planet's whatever. And yet they already have, because we have uh, got a lot of their, uh, several of their down saucers, and we've reverse engineered it. And you know, I think we developed the uh, atom bomb all by ourselves, and that was a mistake too. So, um, but I, I, I think they're trying to blend in. I think they're trying to, in some way, help us without in- intervening, and that's a very hard thing to do, and it's a hard thing to watch. Sure. So, in the end, do we make it <laughs> as a human species on Earth? Well. Your spirit is going to be fine. Your spirit is going to go forward in time. Um, do humans actually make it? Well, let me put it this way. A lot of people are saying we're in the end times. I don't think we are. I think we're in hard times. And if you look at the evolution of the human race, the Homo sapiens sapiens, we go through through cycles and we are constantly cycling upwards and we go from you know um advanced races to lower to lower to lower and then back up again 
each time at a different level. So I don't, I think, I think we've got a long way to go. I don't think we're done, but I think we're in for difficult times. Well, thank you so much for your honesty. <laughs> Gosh, Barbara, I've loved having you on the show and we've covered so much. Is there anything else you would like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? I think the important thing for everybody to remember today is that, that we are in control, even though we don't feel it, and that we are in control of our own personal destiny. And if you take care of your personal destiny and not interfere with other people's then then everybody will move ahead in a calmer, gentler way. It's when you try to manipulate other people, other societies, other countries, that that we get into trouble. And that's not our that's not our responsibility. It, it's just not. Uh, if if each country took care of themselves, literally took care, took care of themselves then we'd be in a better position. But, you know, there there are people out there that want to gather power, that want to take over. And, you know, those people should not be allowed to gather the power to manipulate. And unfortunately today, that's what's happened. But, but if you take care of your own self, your own pathway, your own life, um, and everybody does the same thing, be a happier world. Agreed. Well, nice way to end the show. Barbara, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.